Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Just Browsing Podcast. I am your co-host, Zach, back again with Matt today. And we have another uh, thought-provoking sort of philosophical discussion for you today. A mind-boggling query for you to digest. Yes. Um, So this one kind of, if you listen to our quantum mechanics, many worlds theory discussion we had, what was it, two, three episodes ago? I think it was two episodes ago, yeah. Um, If you enjoyed that one and you kind of enjoyed the discussion of these sort of complex philosophical thought experiment type discussions then you're going to enjoy this episode. And I, I, I definitely don't have as much sort of quote-unquote research and notes to bring to this discussion. It's more of an idea that I have discussed with people in the past and I've read a couple articles on and that's about it. So I'm just going to kind of explain. So it's going to be an open free discussion, yeah, but we're going to have a specific yeah. topic to I, I, base it around. Yeah, and I think there's not as much science really in this one i mean there might be and i'm just not aware of it but as there was with like the quantum mechanics many worlds discussion because that that whole thing as we talked about was like rooted in actual science and they're kind of extrapolating out from this actual science to come up with this theory whereas this one i don't know if there's as much of that and it's more like purely from you know thought experiment from my understanding of that article you sent me it's more of a thought experiment that it's kind of like I'm not going to say that because I don't know. I don't want things to happen to me. But it's one of those things where it's people started to believe in something, so they mm-hmm. just kind of went with it. It's not like a. Yeah. It's not like a fake religion. It's just like an idea out there that someone came up with a theory regarding it, mm-hmm. and now you know there are famous scientists or in researchers that have backed it, saying, "Right, no, this, you know, we can see this." Or I think one of the lines in there was like. When it happens, it'll already have happened, so it's already mm-hmm. too late. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. What? So this is, I think during this discussion, there's probably going to be a lot more of those things that I, those quotes that I pulled on the on the Many Worlds discussion about, um, you know, that, that show devs and how that machine could kind of predict the future and all that. And you, you start getting into these, you read these sentences and they're like these paradoxical sentences and you're like what that i'm not really sure that tracks but like it kind of makes sense on a certain level so i guess to quit rambling the the topic that we've picked today is essentially simulation theory so i I think more like broad audience more people will recognize that name rather than the name of this thought experiment that i'm going to name which is called Rocco's Rocco's Basilisk or Rocco's Basilisk. I'm yeah. not sure how you're supposed to pronounce it. So it's but, a big snake in a chamber under an old school. Right. And you have to rip out one of its teeth and stab a diary to yes. kill part of a bad to, guy. To kill an AI. Yeah. It's crazy. Just but, kidding. That's the plot of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Um, Isn't that Chamber of Secrets? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I got could, that could right. Could you imagine you mess it up and I'm like, all right, so this episode is quickly turned into <laughs> Matt's like, a- actually, it was Prisoner of Azkaban, you <laughs> fucking idiot. How dare you? So go ahead and sit back. We're just going to watch the movie. Uh, <laughs> And remind you of what happens in Chamber of Secrets. Um, No, so Rocco's Basilisk, and I I think just as kind of like a preamble, this is something that I heard about a few years ago when I was in college, and I ended up talking with um, my cousin's husband, basically, and he is uh, some sort of a scientist. I'm not really sure what he does. Very, very smart dude. Works with some sort of like molecular biology or something like that. Like I, I really couldn't tell you what he does. Very, very smart guy. But he, we went out just for drinks one night on a weekend, and he asked me, 
a lot of times we would like. So what do you think of this theory? Yeah. Like? Well, a lot of times we would start having drinks and start talking about just crazy shit, you know, or like history and like talk about World War II or whatever. Just kind of ranting and 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 just like rambling about stuff and he'd he'd bring up things that i had never heard and i'd bring up things that he never heard and i just i like having those type of conversations right. especially when you've had a few drinks it's fun you know so well, one you of really get people's true it, thoughts on y- yeah it. unfiltered thoughts so then one of these discussions he brings up he goes have you ever heard of Rocco's basilisk and i was like no i've never what is that i've never heard of that before and for anyone who has never heard of this before and the reason why we're probably just going to label this episode simulation theory is I think the matrix is probably the most popular sort of imagining of this thought experiment. And it's basically the idea that we are living in a simulation that what you are experiencing as your day-to-day life, the things you see, hear, touch, taste, all that is actually not real. It's being simulated to your mind via some sort of a incredibly powerful supercomputer that is totally sentient, right? So I think a lot of people have seen The Matrix, so I think to just get that out of the way, think The Matrix when we're talking about this, and a lot of people will probably have some sort of an idea of like, okay, I get what you're saying when you're talking about simulation theory. But I don't get what you're saying because it doesn't make any sense. Right, so I I think that's that was like my main background going into this conversation when he brought this up, when he was talking about Rocco's Basilisk is The Matrix, because I had already seen The Matrix movies, and I was a big fan of them. I mean, on, on top of being, like, super dope action sci-fi movies, they have a really cool, like, story, philosophical premise right. to them. Um, so he, he goes, have you ever heard of Rocco's Basilisk? And I'm like, no. And he said, basically, and I, I might pull up this article. I'll, I'll try and not just, like, read from it, but I, I have it pulled up just for reference. But um, it's the one I sent you the other day. Yeah. But it's basically how it got started. And and to anyone listening, you can definitely feel free to do some Googling while I'm talking because there's a lot more info out there than I know of offhand. But um, it's basically an idea that got started on this sort of like a message board website that is a place where like deep thinkers and people who are like much more um, – technologically inclined to be interested in talking about and researching things like artificial intelligence and all kinds of stuff like that, supercomputers, shit like that, to kind of go and exchange ideas and talk about thought experiments and really just anything that kind of encapsulates sort of deep thinking thought experiment exercises, right? And there was this person under some sort of a, I I think the username for this person on this site was Rocco. Um, posted this thing basically that was called Rocco's Basilisk and the idea was and this this happened like years ago and the idea was essentially our reality that we experience today is simulated by a an ultra powerful supercomputer artificial intelligence in the future that has kind of like the matrix sort of enslaved humanity and is now projecting this simulation in front of our eyes kind of like pulling the veil over your eyes and you, you right. none of us are really experiencing what actual reality is like and sort of the idea where it gets a little bit more sinister i mean that's already pretty sinister to think about but where it gets sinister is like the idea is if you are aware like the post i don't know if you read the parts in that article where they were talking about the actual post because he he makes the post and he's like, 
you're an idiot if you talk about this and share this idea with other people, basically. And it, it's, it almost kind of seemed like, and I'll, I'll kind of keep going for just a second and I'll just like kick it off to you. Cause again, I, this is just stuff I read from the article, but like the post was like, you're an idiot for reading this and thinking about it and sharing it with other people. Because the idea is this machine is going, it's like an inevitability that it's going to become, it's going to take over in the future, no matter what. And it's so powerful that it is somehow like projected a simulation into the past. And if you are aware of it and you try and take actions of your own free will and volition to prevent it from being created, it will punish you. And there, then there's some sort of an idea of how it can like, since you're living in a simulation, it can kind of like eternally torment you right. by it'll, trapping it, you in these you scenarios. Die, it'll revive right. you and then it'll just torment you for eternity. Exactly. Yeah. So like if you know about it, it's in your best interest to either a, just stop talking about it and live your life normally or deliberately like help it, become created is kind of the idea. So yeah. that's where it branches a little bit from the matrix because I think the matrix is not really going back. I mean, the simulation in the matrix is set in the past, but the the idea of Rocco's Basilisk is almost like it's a time traveling AI right. where like this simulation is going back into the past. And even though it's not created right now, it's going to be in 50 years. And so it's making sure 50 years prior it's putting all of the chess pieces in place so that right. it eventually gets created in 50 years kind of thing. Isn't well, that what, is that what yeah. you grasped from yeah. it? That's kind of how I, I also got it. it that it's kind of like a cult following. Kind of like you said, if you're reading this, it's too late. Like if right. you believe in this, right. it's too late. And I think in the article, it also says, you know, when you start to believe in this, you, you either believe in it and then you're going to be stuck in this eternal, you know, loop of being tortured by this you know all-powerful ai but if you don't believe in it in the article like part of it says yeah and if you don't believe in it then you're just you're fine like you're good to just go <laughs> right. about your day like nothing ever happened and i was like right. well you're good at selling people on you yeah. know trying to buy into this theory and this idea yeah. and i'm like i don't believe in this i don't believe in the idea that there's this basilisk type ai out there that if I die, it's just going to resurrect me. It's going to, you know, give me some more hearts in the video game. Yeah. And then also yeah. it's going to torture me as I can't get through level three or something <laughs> like that. I, I don't, I just can't see anything like that. So I'm a non-believer in the way of, you know, that, that article at least. But part of me also takes us back to like the whole predestination and stuff mm -hmm. and predetermination or whatever. You can argue that's kind of like a simulation theory, you know? Right. Like, when you're born, you already have your life planned out, so you're just running through a simulation. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I'm going to die and then just get revived and be tortured. So it's one yeah. of those, like, I don't know. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't think I was brought to this earth by an AI, and I don't think an AI is going to... Well, I don't want to say that, because... Shit, I don't know. An AI might take me out. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, by saying that, you might piss off the AI from the future, your AI overlord. Well, guess what? If they want to drone strike me, the AIs want to, then you're here too. So True. Um, I guess you better agree now or, or <laughs> yeah. save me too. So for anyone listening, the article that I sent to Matt that gives a, a good, I think a good history and a good like encapsulation of what this thought experiment is, 
It's on Slate.com, and if you look it up, the title of the article is The Most Terrifying Thought Experiment of All Time. It's written by David Auerbach uh, back in July of 2014, but he he kind of references um, some other internet like urban legends. I mean, there's a lot of like urban legends, but there are some specifically that came about through the internet. Right. And he references some of them, and this is essentially like an internet urban legend for a very specific niche of like people who right. are, who are going to this site. And it's called, um, it's called less Wong or less, less wrong. Um, and it's a discussion board essentially. And so, um, and I, again, I'm trying to just read some of this from the article just to fact check myself. Cause I was kind of just t- speaking off the top of the dome at the beginning of the episode. But, um, yeah, there's this like discussion board called less wrong. And a few years ago, this user named the user ID was Rocco um, postulated a thought experiment. So I guess this is kind of how it goes. What if in the future, a somewhat malevolent AI were to come about and punish those who did not do its bidding? What if there were a way, and I will explain how for this AI to punish people today who are not helping it come into existence later. In that case, weren't the readers of less wrong right then being given a choice of either helping that evil AI come into existence or being condemned to suffer. And then it kind of like, he actually shares the post and then it goes into, um, the guy who like runs less wrong. I keep wanting to say less Wong for some reason. I, I was, when I was reading that, I'm yeah. like less Wong and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if that's like a username. Yeah. I'm or... missing the, I'm missing the R. Um, but the founder, his name is, Eliezer Yudkowski, um, he, I guess, like removed it. So he felt like this thought experiment posted by Rocco became so dangerous and was so dangerous for people, like as an idea to kind of spread through people's minds that he removed the original post. Right. And I guess the guy who wrote the article was saying like, I guess the site allows posts about Rocco's Basilisk, but like the actual post is no longer there or something like that. It was removed. I think it's a dark, I mean, it's a dark post. It's kind of saying like, you know, I kind of took it as this context of there is no God. So there's no heavens or hells. Right. So this is the hell of Mm -hmm. this AI created world. And I mean, it's a dark post. Like it, it, I can see how some gullible people can get sucked into this theory and like, Mm -hmm. Oh wow. Like it really, that is so true. But I think there's a lot that you can debunk from this theory. And I think like part of it starts with this AI is going to go into the future and then go back and, you know, cause you always hear, you know, history. If, if you go back in time and you change the outcome of history, we have no clue what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care how powerful this computer is going to be. If we're 50 years in advance and we have this AI and it wants to go back in time and punish me and you right now for not doing that, what if you know one person from listening to this podcast starts to believe in it and help the AI get created, mm-hmm. but it punishes us before this episode and that person doesn't get their job done and therefore the AI never gets created? <laughs> Yeah, you know, so like- <clears throat> I, I was just kind of skimming through the article a little bit too, and the, and the author calls out like what made I think what freaked the guy out that Yudkowsky guy or however you pronounce his name. I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering that, but what freaked him out was that this community is a community of people who are basically either incredibly fascinated by or like openly hoping for 
the singularity at some point, right? Like the, and the singularity meaning computer technology and just technology in general becomes so advanced. It reaches this point where it becomes sentient and it is no longer beholden to humans. It's, it's its own separate form of life and it can make its own decisions of its own free will. They're like almost kind of worshiping this idea as like, their own religion, right? So, so, so do they worship like a motherboard or so, do they worship like a hard drive? All you of know, it. Maybe a power so, cable. So I think what freaked him out the most is that like some of the people, I guess, were some of the users on this message board were like reporting that they were already having nightmares about this after reading this this theory and all this kind of stuff because he, he points out like if you accept the fact that you're – fully in belief that at some point we're going to reach the singularity and there is going to be artificial intelligence supercomputers that are powerful enough to totally control what happens here on earth and totally take over the human race. The question then becomes, are those artificial intelligence going to be benevolent or malevolent? You know what I mean? So this Rocco's Basilisk idea is like the malevolent take of it. It's like, it, it, and, it, and that's what I, I think, think the dark side of yeah and I think that's what everyone's concern is when you talk to guys like you know before he died Stephen Hawking had lots of thoughts on artificial intelligence Elon Musk has lots of thoughts on artificial intelligence a lot of these like big time thinkers who are either like you know business tycoons or scientists or philosophers or whatever who come out and make public statements or publish papers about artificial intelligence they're a lot of them you know their main concerns are like is this thing that it feels like we're kind of inevitably racing towards going to ultimately be a good thing for humanity or a bad thing for humanity? Because well, I mean, the it bad could thing- go either way. I mean, it could end up once we do create artificial intelligence, it propels the human race forward to unimaginable, like stuff that we can't even conceptualize here today. Like it's going to propel the human right. race to eden essentially well or I, it could go the total opposite way and be terminator or the matrix you know what i mean where it's like they the machines don't jive with what humans are wanting to do and they like actively go about eliminating us completely well i think you know it's, it's hard to determine something like that until we have you know how how can we determine that until we have that happening you know and, and that's the thing maybe yeah. this analogy is bad but you look, like you know the Native Americans before you know the Europeans travel over in the early you know thousands. <laughs> you know they probably weren't planning for. They didn't even know about people right. across the ocean. They didn't even know the ocean for some of the tribes existed. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like they could have planned for it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's there, and now that's you know, the new normal that had swept through the land Mm -hmm. and, you know, everything changed obviously, but it's one of those, that's kind of how this whole earth is right now. We don't know anything. And all of a sudden you're telling me like an AI just gets built. I mean, and I like, I like to think if we build an AI, we can, you know, monitor and keep it. It's not going to be like transformers where I plug an AI in and, and it comes alive and an electrical wave goes around and all of a sudden my monitor's up, you know, walking, shooting little rockets at me. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So we can control it to an, a point. Like, it's not like if we build an AI, we can always destroy the AI before the AI creates another AI and then all of a sudden there's an army of robots. I mean, we Maybe. as humans have that ability because is the AI going to farm its own power? Like, 
this is where I bring in this whole like you know, us as humans have the final say as far as what we create and what it can and can't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, we put a man on the moon. Like us as hu- we, I mean, we've been we've been far. Like we're about to put people on Mars. I don't know when, but that sometime soon. We're going to yeah. be launching. We got drones there already. Put so. them on Mars. You know, we have a telescope that can see millions of other galaxies and see other universes. Like, we could stop that at any point. So I mean, here, it's as easy as an EMP dropping somewhere, an electrical grid going out, and the idea and concept of AI is just wiped out. That is true. I think that would probably be like the the silver bullet to an AI would be an EMP because it's totally dependent on electronics. Right. As opposed to human beings, which are not. So um, to the, all you U.S. military service <laughs> men and women, men and women. Wow, that was a stroke moment. Thanks for your service, but uh, just start stocking up on EMPs, and we'll win every war from here until eternity. Um, one thing I was going to say is something that I've heard some of these guys talk about is like the the people who are concerned that it may go badly against us, right? Are like, well, you could build in these fail safes to where the AI has these parameters, right? Where it's like. It's like in take iRobot for example. You've seen iRobot, yeah. right, with Will Smith. It's been a while, but like yeah. these are sentient robots that are that can do anything they want to do except for like the three laws, right? And most of those three laws revolve around not harming humans, essentially. Right. So you could build in like these parameters into the code, if you will, and this AI is totally sentient. It's free thinking. It can do whatever it wants except for kill humans or whatever. You know what I mean? Like build in some sort of parameters. So it's like Jarvis in, um, um, why can't I think of that? Interstellar, where, you know, he's programmed by the military. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Oh, Jarvis the... No, he's not Jarvis. That's that's, that's MCU. That's MCU. I thought his name was Um, Jarvis in that. No. uh, Fuck, dude. Now you're going to have to make me look it up and totally derail this conversation. But well, what are you going to well, finish your well, thought? Well, what I was going to say Tars. is... Tars. Tars. Okay. I didn't have to look I knew it, it ended Tars. with... It sounded like Jarvis. <laughs> it was kind of close. Well, and they're both... They're all like acronyms, right? Like Tars stands for something. Right. So. But if you think about it, that's an AI. I mean, it's not a human-formed right. AI. Yeah. But it's a robot. But it's a robot, do, and it can think and yeah. compute and Make do, reactions I mean, and stuff. It's a yeah. supercomputer, right? The yeah. military built them to yeah. save military lives mm-hmm. in, in the movie. And but you can as the human adjust, you know, yeah, like he you goes can set its parameters, right? And stuff, yeah. But you can move the humor setting and right. all that kind but of. But I also honesty. sit there and think, you know, it only takes one bad human, just like Transformers. I'm gonna jump yeah. through some movies real quick, cause, okay? You know, it makes good. Dude, hit me with them. But just like Transformers, Dark Side of the Moon or Dark of the Moon. Yeah. It took one bad asshole, and he became good friends with the Decepticons and was bringing them in. Yeah. It takes one bad asshole to just be like, fuck yeah, I could be the reigning human in their army or whatever, you yeah. know, in, in their life. And I'll be in, in slipping, you know, an L instead of a J in the code, and that just screws everything yeah. up. Yeah, I think, w- w- to finish my thought, what I was going to say is like, the thing that those people always, and again, this is like people that are much smarter than me who are, you know, computer coders or computer engineers or whatever, like people that are like, they they work in this field and they're they're aware of this so stuff. So just everyday humans. Um they're like you could build in these parameters to keep humans safe, but the problem is if it's true it's not then truly sentient, 
right? If it is truly sentient, then it can probably figure out a way to rewrite its code and get out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I mean, we can take it down a deeper hole too. I believe all humans are like that, but at the same time, you have murderers. But when you're born, you're not wired to be a murderer. I mean, like, when you're a six-year-old kid, you might be like, I'm going to kill my brother, but you're just saying that because he had the last Skittle, right? By the way, this episode is brought to you by Skittles. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> oh, is that, is that our sponsor for I don't this know. One? I was just a good spot to plug it in. <laughs> I love these, like, random fake sponsorships that you've been just sliding Hey, dude, in. maybe one time a Skittles rep will hear it, and they'll be like, you know, that was a good sponsor. You know, we're going to do a radio ad with these guys. Taste the rainbow. Dude, I fucking love Skittles. If we get a I bunch know. of free Skittles out of it, I'm not complaining. Yeah, imagine. Okay, anyways, going back. But when you're six, you tell your brother you're going to kill him because, you know, he takes the last Skittle. That doesn't mean you're going to be a murderer, right? Okay. So, so we're not wired to kill people. I, I'm right. I wasn't, you know, put on this earth to just strangle you one day, right? I mean, I guess I could be. That could be the outcome of our friendship is I strangle you, but I don't have plans to do that. You could put a robot on the earth and be like, kill people, and it's like I'll just go kill people, right? You know. So it's. I think it's a little different though, because like machines are are beholden to like the code and the parameters with which they're built, and it has human right. So oversight. So you what I'm what I mean? saying though is, how can we ever create something to feel something? Right? How, how can we create something to feel like all animals on Earth feel? It's artificial. So we're already making it it's already fake if if you want to use that term as you know artificial means it's made up so if we're making artificial intelligence it's not fake intelligence but it's made intelligence it didn't come by this intelligence on its own it's never going to learn it's never going to know how to love it's never, well, never going to learn how I, to I, th- I think i think you're missing the point so when they're talking about a truly sentient artificial intelligence we're talking about something that is indistinguishable from human life that like, okay. So have you ever heard of the Turing test? No, you ever heard of that. So, um, in the movie ex machina, which I know I've brought up on this podcast before, yeah, but dude, change your movies. Though. He, well, we're talking about AI. There's only so many really good AI movies. Um, he's essentially putting that character through a Turing test and Turing is named after Alan Turing. Um, he's the guy who built like basically essentially the first computer. It was used to help, decode Nazi messages during World War II. Real smart guy. But it's called the Turing test because um, it's the the idea is like there's a test of if if I sat you down across from a computer and you knew it was a computer, if it was truly sentient, it would throughout your interaction with it, it would be indistinguishable from you talking to like another person who you know is truly sentient and has their own free will like you couldn't tell the difference knowing that it's a computer you couldn't tell the difference between that and like a normal person that's true artificial intelligence meaning it has not only like intellectual intelligence but emotional intelligence well see that's like it could laugh at jokes it could cry it could get angry it could manipulate you psychologically right that is a truly artificially intelligent machine right so that's the part that i don't think could ever get into a machine how can you how can you install emotions into something? Well, 
because I don't know. I'm not a right, I'm not right, a computer right. engineer. I'm, but I'm, I think I mean, like, if you knew, we would we wouldn't be here right now. We'd have a studio. Right. We'd be in we, Silicon we, Valley. Right. Is where we'd we, be. we would have a lot more around us yeah. than my dog. But it's one of those. How like, and I'll just go here. Women think men don't have emotions, right? Like we're just emotionless creatures that just wander the earth and like we're happy with like a, a pillow a blanket and a playstation and, like, and they're some like food yeah they're like that literally will keep them happy for 20 years yeah so how could we how, how could you inject emotion into something that will never feel that emotion like, well i think that is the goal of and i think one of the ways that they're like trying to get to artificial intelligence is like trying to figure out how to take whatever makes up your consciousness as a person, like whatever's going on in your brain with all those neurons firing, whatever makes you conscience, conscious, how to like turn that into ones and zeros. And there's probably a way to do it. It's just not quite within our grasp yet. So the idea would be to like emulate digitally what's going on biologically with the human brain. Right? So then now you have what's going on with ones and zeros is what is happening in a human with molecules and all kinds of other stuff and neurons right. and brain tissue and so blood just, and all that other stuff. I like to be the one that sits here and shits on this idea because I don't think this will ever happen in our lifetime. It might not. And nor do I nor do I ever think it'll happen necessarily that we will have a fully functioning AI that has human emotion. Because I, I truly don't think, like, if it sees a robot die, it's just going to be like, yeah, whatever. There's another one being made behind me, right? I mean, how how could you, you know, it, it doesn't have parents, right? You know, us as humans, we get attached to things. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless this is the movie Robots, which is a great movie, by the way. Great work. <laughs> it's fake and funny, but it's great work. <laughs> but it, I just don't see how, you know... And because we don't have anything like this, but how will my computer be able to emotionally, you know, and I know that's a kind of a bad example, but we don't have anything in real life right now that could be used as a good example. But how is my computer going to be able to emotionally support me by having a conversation with me and understanding those emotions? Because if it might understand the words I'm saying, I'm not saying we won't have something that will be able to communicate with us like that, but feel emotions like, yeah. I'm sure you felt this. I know I have that, that like gut wrenching where your gut gets tight in a knot because you yeah. just have this that gut feeling that something bad happened, or you or know, maybe it's like anxiety, right? You yeah. get pissed or something, and, and it's just like you know your emotions take over and, and control your body a little bit to where you're like a computer will never have that because I don't think you can teach something that it, it's well. See, I would say never say never because I'm say never. You're saying my computer's never going to be able to think for itself, but also there was a time when computers seemed like the most ridiculous idea in the world as well. Well, I'm not saying you know what I mean? I'm not saying that there's not going to be a time that com- computers already think for themselves. And, and and it's that's fact with the Google ads because you can be on your phone and you look at something and you go on your computer and you get the same Google ads and I know it's all tied by Gmail, but that's the computer being like in their algorithm going, "Hey, he looked at this one time." pop it up or because we're talking about it we'll see ads pop up on it mm-hmm. later on so skittles will probably pop up on one of our phones or my computers later on with an yeah. ad at some point i'm not mad about it me either i probably <laughs> click on it <laughs> i'm just kidding but 
My my thing is the emotion side. I think there right. will be some point in time where there will be a robot or an AI created that will carry on, you know, intellectual conversations with humans and it, it'll be able to sit there and answer every question you ask, no how no matter how complex it is or, you know, what the issue is, it'll understand you, what the language is. There there will be zero barriers but the emotional barrier. Because I just don't think there's anything that can teach emotions. And I know what you're saying is they're, they're studying, you know, the brain and how when one feels that gut-wrenching feeling, what's going on in the brain. Yeah. But adding that to ones and zeros, I don't think you're going to get a true emotion. Because it, it's going to be a programmed emotion to be like, oh, I'm not supposed to feel, uh, you know, oh, how's your day about when they say something like that? They're going to have to be like, okay, this is the gut-wrenching, but I, it's not like a true emotion. Yeah. So that's kind of what, um, to go back to your interstellar reference a few minutes ago, that's kind of what, remember with quick spoiler for interstellar, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, it's like an eight year old movie, but see it, um, where Matt Damon like betrays Matthew McConaughey and he's basically trying to like kill him and strand him there and then get back to the ship and take it or whatever. He's like, remember as he's walking away, he's like talking to Matthew McConaughey in his earpiece or whatever. And he's basically saying like, you know, that's the one thing about humans that we couldn't program into robots is the fear of death. Right. We couldn't ever like history and science and everything tells us that at the moment that you're about to die, you're going to fight like extra hard to prevent death. Right. And we just can't program that into a robot. It doesn't have like the fear of death that human beings do. So there's not going to be this instinctual fight against it's inevitable destruction right. it, kind it, of thing. And, so, and, and like in Interstellar, they do what they're told. Right. You know, McConaughey yeah. literally sends one to die more or less, yeah. and then he, you know, helps bring right. it back. But he's like, yeah, go die. And he's like, I'll see you later. See you on yeah. the other side. And it's like yeah. no human being would well, and he even has, naturally do go It's funny, that. like Tars has uh, some sort of like before they're like leaving too, you know, he's like – Matthew McConaughey is like fucking with him, like do, having some banter back right. and forth. Cause like his humor setting set at like 99% or he's something. He's like humor setting down to 80. Yeah. And he's like fucking with him, adjusting the settings and all this kind of stuff. And Tars is saying like, he's like, what's your honesty setting at? Like just default. And it was like 80% or something. And he's like, really, why is that? Or whatever. And he's like, um, a hundred percent honesty is not always the best course of action with highly emotional beings, such as human beings. <laughs> it's like, right. That's actually pretty fucking true. And so basically the whole idea of that story is like, you know, he withholds, he withholds a little bit of information from Anne Hathaway's character until the very last second because he knew how that would affect her emotionally. You right. know what I mean? Whereas like the robots will withhold that information intentionally knowing that if they told, if it was 100% honest with the humans on the ship that they were going to die, they would start losing, they would start freaking out right. and like not be able to like function kind of. Right. You know so, what I mean? So, so that's... That's like, where that's where that was just kind of to touch on what you were saying about the emotions. But another thing is like, and again, I don't know what all of the science and stuff is involved with this. I'm obviously I don't work in that field. I'm not smart enough to understand all that stuff. But I mean, I really true truly do believe that like right now that seems completely out of reach for us. But I think it's something that as we, if we keep advancing at a rate that we are advancing right now, especially technologically it's going to just start unlocking more and more knowledge for us. And it might just be one of those things where the only reason why we can't program emotion into a robot right now is we just don't understand how our emotions truly work. But once we are able to like 
figure that out like it's a mathematical equation, then it's just a matter of applying it to a different life form, essentially. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and like the artificial, maybe artificial is like a not the best word for it. Maybe synthetic is probably a better word for it. Cause like we are biological beings, you right. know what I mean? And I think artificial, like you said, kind of gives this connotation of fake. fake. So maybe synthetic is a better word. Cause it's like, it's, it's going to be another life form that is truly alive, but it's not biological. It's synthetic. It's yeah. like plastic and metal and, you know, electronic and, all that kind but, of stuff. But here's a question then for you. So it's a synthetic. <laughs> and and obviously this isn't like directed at you because you might not know the answer. But if an AI or, you know, computers and, and robots aren't afraid to die, right? Mm-hmm. Then can they actually ever die? Right? I mean, if it's, if it's the synthetic intelligence, right? I can destroy my work computer. But then I can go and get the same exact data and stuff from this computer. Yeah. So the hardware died. Yeah. The, the, the mouse and keyboard in, inside that machine died. But the intelligence of it and the life right. of it, it, it just it didn't die. So I guess what I'm saying is the synthetic being would have to be its own. So you would have to be able to have this synthetic AI that one comes out and it's it's just like dumb you know i don't, I don't want to be rude or anything but it's just stupid you don't want to be rude to this, <laughs> this i don't want to be rude to this fake thing <laughs> fake artificial in intelligence hundred years but but that would make it otherwise if they all come out and they all have the same knowledge when one dies you're just replacing it with another so when your yeah. phone dies you replace it with a newer model well and that's the idea of people trying to chase immortality through um, artificial intelligence. So like if you could hypothetical scenario, it's like a Tony Stark where he has, if those. you could download everything that makes you, you onto a computer and it was stored somewhere in the cloud, you know, so you could access it from any computer terminal or phone anywhere right. in the world that has access to this cloud. And you could just redownload that information onto a USB drive and plug it into another body. You'd never die. Right, I mean, you. Well, you're, the thought as long of you as, would never die. As long as that cloud and that storage of all of your data that makes you you is accessible, then you could go on living as long as there are new bodies and people to plug you into this new body. So that's the idea of like altered carbon. Is like, and that's then that's been an idea done in tons of science fiction things. Well, but like, and I just like to shit on these ideas. The idea of like taking your consciousness, which really, for all intents and purposes, is you. Is right. your consciousness. Right. If you could take that, download it, and then just, you know, it's like taking a PowerPoint from your laptop at home and plugging it into a computer at school. It's like that PowerPoint's not dead because you've taken it off of your computer. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's on that USB. You can take it to the computer but, at school, and that's just your consciousness. You can but, just but plug it in, point, and now it's on this new thing. At what point do you have to take that? Because, you know, and again, we're not doctors. We're not scientists. But at what point does the human being become dead? Is... People are like, it's the heartbeat. It's like, well, not really the heartbeat because a heart attack is your heart beating off rhythm or skipping beats, which means technically it's not beating. It's when your brain... It's when the brain finally shuts down. Right. So when your brain shuts down, there would be nothing to down. Like, you're done. Like, everything is lost. But if that information was stored before that happened elsewhere and it had everything that you knew and experienced and felt all the way up until that moment, then all you would be when you were loaded would be a memory. 
yeah, but if into you're that person, if you're a memory all the way up until the last second, and you're totally sentient and you can create new memories and have new experiences, it's just you as of 30 seconds ago now moving on with life. And there's this weird little blip where you died. <laughs> blip. Oh, hey, look, I'm alive again, yeah, guys. Like there's, this, there's this 30 seconds that I can't really remember. It's a little bit fuzzy. And they're like, yeah, you died. We just put you in another body, actually. You're like, damn, I got some good knees. I think I can try out for the league now. And they're like, no, they're fake. So yeah. we've kind of spent this whole conversation not talking about simulation theory, but we've been talking about artificial intelligence, which is essentially where the simulation theory comes from. Because it's the idea of at some point either, you know, I guess if we take the Matrix story, right? the artificial intelligence not at some point has been created. It already has been created. There's this war that's been fought between humans and, and machines. We lost. And now they're kind of using human beings as batteries, essentially. And all the human beings who are actually alive are not experiencing what is reality. They're experiencing a simulation, which is called the Matrix. Right. That's the idea there. Now, there's this Ruckles Basilisk thing. And then there's, there's people who... I don't know if the people who are like modern-day simulation theory sort of people who buy into that if they're like Rocco's Basilisk people or if they're Matrix people. I don't I don't know if there's really much of a distinction. And I also don't this is why like I was saying I didn't come with a bunch of prepared notes the way I did with the many worlds theory is I don't really know what they're basing that on. Well I, people I think, who buy into that. I other than like it's a cool sounding idea. I don't well, I don't really know if there's I any evidence for it. Maybe you know this I mean? will help a little bit. Part of the article talks about you have this choice. You can either pick box A. Oh, yeah. We should talk about that stuff. A, box A and B or just box B. So you either get mm-hmm. to pick both boxes or just one box. And I think they were using like $1,000. You're guaranteed if you just take box B. But if right. you take both boxes, you're not guaranteed anything. Do you want me to – should I just read it right here so we can get it right? So we can <laughs> – because sure. I'm glad you brought that up because – and I, I, I don't well, think well, I could – Because I think that helps identify more of the simulation. Like, So just read yeah. what it is and then I'll tell okay. you what I was thinking about it. So he, he's saying in the article, this doesn't explain why Rocco's Basilisk is so horrifying. That requires looking at a critical article of faith in the less wrong ethos, timeless decision theory. So timeless decision theory is a guideline for rational action based on game theory, um, Bayesian probability and decision theory with a smattering of parallel universes and quantum mechanics on the side. So there you go. There's our connection to our, our previous podcast. So timeless decision theory has its roots in the classic thought experiment of decision theory called Newcomb's paradox in which a super intelligent alien presents two boxes to you. Okay, so everyone pay attention. (laughs) The alien gives you the choice of either taking both boxes or only taking box B. Those are your two choices. If you take both boxes, you're guaranteed at least $1,000. If you take just box B, you aren't guaranteed anything. But the alien has another twist. Its supercomputer, which knows just about everything made a prediction a week ago as to whether you would take both boxes or just box B. If the supercomputer predicted you'd take both boxes, then the alien left the second box empty. If the supercomputer predicted you'd just take box B, then the alien put the million dollars in box B. So what are you going to do? Remember, the supercomputer has always been right in the past. So it's saying this problem has baffled 
no end of decision theorist. The alien can't change what's already in the boxes, so whatever you do, you're guaranteed to end up with more money by taking both boxes than by taking just box B, regardless of the prediction. Of course, if you think that way and the computer predicted you'd think that way, then box B will be empty and you'll only get $1,000. If the computer is so awesome at its predictions, you ought to take box B only and get a cool million, right? But what if the computer was wrong this time? And regardless, whatever the computer said then can't possibly change what's happening now, right? So prediction be damned, take both boxes. But then the maddening conflict between free will and godlike prediction has not led to any resolution of Newcomb's paradox and people will call themselves one boxers or two boxers depending on where they side. Um, Okay, so let's kind of take that apart a little bit. So you have this... For the sake of this, it's not an alien; it's a supercomputer for our for our discussion, right? right. This is this is Newcomb's paradox, and this kind of goes in with the idea of a supercomputer and simulation theory and all this kind of stuff. So, I'm, I'm going to read through this slower this time, just so I can conceptualize it, and maybe you can conceptualize it along with me, and we can talk this through. So, the supercomputer gives you two boxes. It's you and the supercomputer, two boxes, okay, A and B. You can you have two choices. You can either take both as your choice, or you can just take box B as your choice. That's it. Those are the only two choices you have. If you take both boxes, you're guaranteed a thousand bucks. If you just take box B, you aren't guaranteed anything. Okay. So the supercomputer who knows everything made a prediction a week ago as to whether you would take both boxes or just box B. If the supercomputer predicted you'd take both boxes, then the alien left the second box empty. If the supercomputer predicted you'd just take box B, then the alien put the million dollars in box B. So I guess what you have to go on is what do I think the supercomputer predicted I would do? That determines what's in box B, right? Right. So so my take on it was, like they said, no matter what, you end with more money than you had before. Yeah. So if you take both boxes, you're guaranteed a thousand bucks. And if you take box B, you're still guaranteed to have more money than you'd have before. But so, so my thought process on it was, well, if I'm getting two boxes, right? Cause it, it, either way it's box a or box B or, or, you know, so you either get a and B or you get just B. Right. And I think, so just to clarify this too. So, cause I think you and I were reading that differently. If you take just box B, you aren't guaranteed anything, or it's a million bucks. Is that the, isn't that how it goes? I think it's if you get take both boxes, you're not guaranteed anything. Okay, or here. If you take box B, you're guaranteed. Here, let me read it again because I think we're reading that differently. So, if you take both boxes, you're guaranteed a thousand bucks. So if that's your choice and you're saying I'm taking both, you get a thousand bucks. Where where are you at on the page? I am. It's not going to help me because there's 48,000 ads on There's the a page. lot of ads. It's hard to... Here, I'll scroll up to the very top. Okay, let's scroll up to the very top. <laughs> you guys are watching us figure this out in real time. So there's like paragraph one, add. Yep. Paragraph two, add. Paragraph three, add. Paragraph four, add. Paragraph five. Give me the first word of the paragraph. Add. As long as it's not like... The, the alien gives you. Those, the that's, alien That's the start of the first you. sentence. It's just like one paragraph. The alien gives you a choice of either taking both boxes or right. only taking there, box That's B. the one I'm if reading. If you take both boxes, you're guaranteed at least 1,000. Yeah. If you just take box B, you aren't guaranteed anything, but the alien has another twist. 
its supercomputer, which knows just about everything, made a prediction a week ago as to whether you would take both boxes or just box B. If the supercomputer predicted you'd take both boxes, then the alien left the second box empty. If the supercomputer predicted you'd just take box B, then the alien put one million... Okay, so you're guaranteed... You're not guaranteed anything if you take box B. Yeah. But if you take both boxes, you're guaranteed a thousand. Yeah, so here's the way I look at it. Assuming the supercomputer predicted I was going to take both boxes, that means it left box B empty. Isn't that right? Correct, yeah. Because so now there's... I picked both boxes. Box B is empty, but I still get a thousand bucks. Right. But if you picked box if, B, you would have gotten a, a million dollars. Right. If the supercomputer had predicted that I was just going to go for box B and not both boxes, there's a million dollars in box B. Right. So that's what you have to think. What do I think the supercomputer thinks I'm going to do? Right. And then make your decision based on that. Or you just go. I'm going to go low risk, low reward. I'm taking both boxes and I'm going to walk away with my thousand bucks. Right. So, so logically your brain goes, take both boxes. You have yeah. double the chance, right? Yeah. You're guaranteed a thousand bucks. So everyone thinks guarantee, right? I'm guaranteed yeah. something. Like if I was like, you're guaranteed 10 more years of life if you go through door A, but you're not guaranteed shit. If you go through B, you're going to be like, I don't care what those 10 years bring me. I'm going through A. Yeah. Because around it's like the known quantity, right? Because B, yeah. you could open the door and just fall off a cliff, and then and, they're and like, "Ha it. ha ha, yeah. we got you." And so the supercomputer sits there and probably simulates how many people would just take both boxes. I mean, yeah, you, statistically speaking, more more than likely, people will go with the guarantee because it's safe, right? Yeah, you're going with something that's known and it's safe. But if you go, I'm going to take box B and the supercomputer predicts you're going to take box B, and then you end up taking both, you're only coming away with $1,000 more than had you taken box B by itself. But if you if you go, I'm going to take both boxes, and it goes, okay, well, then I'm going to leave B empty, and then you click B, you're like, well, I only lost $1,000. No one would ever know that million existed unless you s- said you were going to pick B, it guessed you were going to pick B, and you picked both, or you just picked B when it guessed you were going to pick B and you got the million dollars. So I don't see how it thinks, you know, I don't see the super twist of how the whole fucking thing, like the supercomputer will guess that you're going to take something because it, I mean, it's chance, right? It's 50, 50. Okay. So this, to continue on, so that was a cool little thought experiment, right? That deals with no, the because whole it's it's a broken thought experiment. <laughs> so he he takes a little bit further. I was just reading a little bit further because I, I read this article a few days ago, and now I'm like kind of like refreshing my mind. So, um, timeless is it timeless decision theory? TDT, whatever that that whatever that theory has some very definite advice on Newcomb's paradox. Take box B. So timeless decision theory, that's their recommendation. Right. Is just take box B, no matter what. But TDT goes a bit further. Even if the alien jeers at you saying, the computer said you'd take both boxes, so I left box B empty. Ha ha. And then opens box B and shows you that it's empty, you should still only take box B and get nothing. Um, Let's see. The rationale for this eludes easy summary, but the simplest argument is that you might be in the computer's simulation. In order to make its prediction, the computer would have to simulate the universe itself. That includes you. So you, right at this moment, might be in the computer simulation, and what you do will impact what happens in reality, 
or other realities. So take box B and the real you will get a cool million. <laughs> so that's where it goes a little bit further into simulation theory of like maybe you making this, the decision on the boxes is going to affect what you in real life gets because your simulated picking of the boxes is going into the algorithm and the calculation of the supercomputer based on help, like helping it try and guess what people are going to pick in the boxes. And then that's going to affect whether you in real life get a thousand bucks, nothing or a million. Yeah, no, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can understand the theory and I can see where people are coming from with it, but yeah, no. And so first, first (laughs) to make this theory feel better, have someone offer me to pick between box boxes A and B or just B with a million dollars in box B or a thousand dollars in box A. First, bring that to my attention, and then I'll go. You know, this one time on my podcast, we were told just to take box B because there's a million bucks in there. And if if a million bucks isn't in there, then I'm going to sit there and be like, "Yeah, your simulation sucks." <laughs> so he relates this Newcomb's paradox to Rocco's basilisk. Um. And then he's like saying like what the two boxes represent in Rocco's Basilisk. So he's saying, what does all this have to do with Rocco's Basilisk? Well, Rocco's Basilisk also has two boxes to offer you. Perhaps you right now are in a simulation being run by Rocco's Basilisk, right? That's the idea. Then perhaps Rocco's Basilisk is implicitly offering you a somewhat modified version of Newcomb's paradox that goes like this. Rocco's Basilisk has told you that if you just take box B, then it's got eternal torment in it because Rocco's Basilisk would really you rather take box A and B. In that case, you'd best be sure you're devoting your life to helping create Rocco's Basilisk because should Rocco's Basilisk come to pass, or worse, if it's already come to pass and is God of this particular instance of reality and it sees that you chose not to help it out, you're screwed. (laughs) Um, You may be wondering why this is such a big deal for the less wrong people. Given the apparently far-fetched nature of the thought experiment, it's not that Rocco's Basilisk will necessarily materialize or is even likely to. It's more that if you've committed yourself to timeless decision theory, then thinking about this sort of trade literally makes it more likely to happen. So that's what kind of what we were talking about at the beginning. Right. After all, if Rocco's Basilisk were to see that this sort of blackmail gets you to help it come into existence, then it would, as a rational actor, blackmail you. The problem isn't with the Basilisk itself, but with you. Yudolowsky doesn't censor every mention of Rocco's Basilisk because he believes it exists or will exist, but because he believes that the idea of the Basilisk and the ideas behind it is dangerous. So sorry for doing a lot of reading on the article, but that guy just puts it into words better than I think we were doing. Um, well, that's so, because he, he you know, is trying to understand it. Where we're, I'm debunking it. I'm sitting here going, <laughs> I'm not in a simulation. Otherwise, it's a real fucked up Sims 4 adventure. So I think it was kind of cool that I had, thank you for reminding me about the Newcomb's paradox part of that article. Cause I had totally forgotten about that. So like he's, he's relating the Newcomb's paradox thought experiment to the Rocco's basilisk thought experiment of like, what if we're in a simulation and these are your options kind of thing. So like your options are like either to comply, but in the, in the basilisk, if you're aware of it to comply and help this thing be created eventually or to not and risk eternal torment in this simulation. Right. But if you put it in the box type, you know, analogy with Basilisk, you're in essence taking, I'm going to help it, but I'm also getting box B, which is eternal fucking shit. So you're just like, yeah, I'm going to help you torture me for the rest of my life. Yeah. But I think the hope is like by helping it, 
maybe you're on its good side, I guess. Instead so it'll of torture like acting, you just like every other day and not every day. I, I don't know. <laughs> See, <it> just. <laughs> how, I mean, okay. How do you feel about this? Um, what interests you more, simulation theory or free will versus determinism? And that discussion that we had on well, that. So, well, like I said in that episode, um, you know, I do partially believe in like predestination which in the scientific world is determination. Yeah, determinism. Um, but I also believe in, in the free will of my predestination. I, I don't think I don't think when God created me, he said on, you know, 11, 8 of 2021 at 8.47 p.m., he's going to sit in this very room in this exact location at XY, you know, 12.11111, you know, with this exact human being, with the exact dog and everything in this room and in, in, in the universe right now. And that's the decision he's going to make. He, I didn't think when he was writing my life out, he's like, that's what he's going to do. I think it's more of the, this is your path you're going to go. Or like, this is, this is the life you're going to live, but I'm giving you, you know, a hundred different paths to take and you get to pick your journey. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like the comparison is like, if you were going to leave here and drive to my apartment, you're eventually going to end up at my apartment, but how you get there is right. up to you. Right. You could take the highway, you could take back roads, right. so, whatever so you want to do. What I, the, the end goal is, I mean, the end goal of life is to, to die in essence, right? That is, that is the end goal of life because there's I, nothing, I don't know about goal, but it's well, the end point. But it's the yeah. end point yeah. in life. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I want to die happy. So I guess that's my end goal. Yeah. But death is the end point. Mm-hmm. But from the day I'm born to the exact second I die, I don't think I, you know, I was determined to do anything besides get from A to B yeah. with maybe certain things in my life, like big yeah. things in my life that, you know, took place. Maybe that was a little more predetermined, but how I got to everything is different, mm. right? So I believe more in like the, the free will of my predestination so i get to choose how i get to my end the end point of my life mm -hmm. knowing that you know god gave me hey these are your choices do what you want with them you're gonna get here no matter what yeah i got another question for you you've seen the matrix correct Psst. zach does the simulation divide by zero if i don't pick a box and run away there's a question from a chatter Hmm. Read it again. Does the simulation divide by zero if I don't pick a box and run away? <laughs> I think you run out the door and find yourself right back in the same room faced with having to pick a box. So the door you're in its just, simulation. The, so the door would just lead to the same room. Yeah, so you, you can't run as, away. And you, as you open the door, you'd see yourself standing in the door. Yeah, it just rebuilds the simulation immediately. Because the idea is you're probably in this supercomputer simulation, so it's not going to let you out of making a decision. So Keefy Weefy, does that under, does that? I think I, I don't know. I think that's what it is. <laughs> for the sake of good question, good question. But I think that's probably what happens. I got a question for you. You've seen The Matrix, correct? Yes, it's been a while, but yes. Okay, and I I I think I'm gonna get the colors right, but someone can correct me if they hear this and I'm wrong. But I think it's, you know, there's that moment where Morpheus is explaining, like they've if they've explained to Neo what's happening. They're like, you're in a simulation. Here's this horrible thing that has happened to humanity what you're experiencing is your reality is actually a simulation that the machines are projecting of like life in america in the mid 90s right 
That's not what it looks like. It's this hellscape. It's machines have wiped out all humans. The only humans that are alive are being used as batteries. Now, we need your help. I have two pills. I have a red pill. If you take this pill, you are awoken from this simulation and you will be, you know, the veil will be lifted from your eyes and you will now be in the real world where you can help us on our quest to defeat these machines. But it's going to really fucking suck. And you're, everything that you know, all the people you know and love, it's going to go away because they were all simulated. Or I have this blue pill. And you can take this blue pill and you're going to wake up tomorrow morning back in your bed, back in your regular life. You're going to go to your job. You're not going to have any memory of me or this discussion or anything. Go back to paying your taxes, playing video games, doing whatever it is that you're doing. Which pill are you going to take? The one where I don't pay taxes. <laughs> That's actually a really good fucking response. You're like, you know what? I hate taxes so much that I would really rather wake up in a dystopian sci-fi future where machines have wiped out humanity and used humans as batteries. But you know what? I don't pay any fucking taxes, and that's the most important thing. My hard work goes straight into my pocket and not yours. I mean... I've always thought that's a very, very interesting fork in the road moment in a in a story. Like, I've given you this information, and now it's up to you. Like, we're totally fine if you want to just... We really, really want your help, and we could use your help. But if you want to just kind of go, go on being a blinded sheep the rest of your life and live out your days in this simulation, then great. More power to you. It's up to you. Well, so, so I think if I knew everything, right, I would probably go with the red pill. I would be yeah. like... Let, like show let me, me what's let real. Me yeah. Show me reality. Yeah, and I think my reasoning behind that would be, it wouldn't be like, hey, you have a thirty seconds to make this decision because that would just really suck. But if you told me I was in a simulation before with the blue pill, and that everything I had loved and everything that was fake, it, it it was all simulated. It's all fake. It's a bunch of bullshit. I'm gonna go back and keep going through you know the sim the simulated life mm-hmm. of bullshit. So. The way I would think, like if this happened right now and you were like red pill, blue pill, blue pills, simulation, red pills, real life, I go, well, I'm going to go real life knowing that everything I've done up to this point is a simulation. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go, everything I thought I loved was just a lie. Like, yeah. like to me, it was, it's all a lie. And maybe it's just, I don't necessarily care about, you know, the safety of like, well, I can go in there and nothing will ever happen to me, right? But at the end of the day, whether I take the blue pill or the red pill, the same outcome will happen in my opinion. What do you mean by that? So if you're in the simulation, right, but you're, you're still alive technically, right? You're just in the simulation, so you have no knowledge of the outside world. I'm still going to die in the simulation at some point. I mean, unless it's just an, a right. loop, unless I'm just watching, you know, get rich or die trying on, on you know, a loop. <laughs> no, but you're right. You, your actual physical body that's in the real world will die at some point. Right. And so that simulation is going to end for you. Right. So I'm either sleeping in the simulation constantly, which I have no control over, obviously, or anything about it, or I can go into the real world where I have a fighting chance to make something happen. If I know I'm going into a simulation, I'm going to go, everything's already pre-planned. Why would I go on a pre-planned journey? I mean, unless you're going to show me the blueprint of my life in this pre-planned journey, I would much rather go where I have a choice to fight and do something 
for and by myself Mm -hmm. than being told what I have to do and and follow this exact blueprint. I mean, that'd be like me sending, like handing you, you know, a, uh, it's not, is it a manifest? I don't know why I'm drawing it. A manifest when they like, or no, an itinerary. Okay. I don't know why I said manifest. <laughs> Brains everywhere. That's for who's supposed to be on planes and right. what's supposed to be but, on planes. But if I slide you an itinerary and I'm like, at this exact time, you're going to do this. At the very, like 46 seconds to the exact millisecond, you're going to choke on two little droplets of water dripping, dripped into your mouth from your mustache. <laughs> and you're sitting there and you're going, well, that's fucking hilarious. And you take a drink of water and, you know, at the exact millisecond, you're like, it drips in your mouth. You're like, and, and you're sitting there going, well, that's kind of sketchy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I give you 10 minutes of a simulated life and you're like, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And it happened. And then this goes, we had that discussion. We about, did. Yeah. We had this discussion on that other but, episode. Yeah. So, so if I send you your simulated life and I go, this is going to be the simulation you go through. And everything happens to you. You're like, that's that's weird. I'm no fuck that. I would rather have the free will to do whatever the fuck I want, and not be in a simulated life. Yeah, I think um, that's the decision I would also make. But it's a fascinating question because there's the, there is that one character in the Matrix. I think his name's Cipher, who like he's having that discussion with one of the agents. You remember the agents in the Matrix where they're like these these like physical manifestations of the actual matrix and they're there to like, you know, kind of keep people in line whenever they're trying to Mm -hmm. break out of the matrix or whatever. And he's having that conversation with them and he's having this conversation of, he's basically going to become a turn cloak and like betray, you know, Morpheus and Trinity and all these people in the real world because they're giving the machines fits in the matrix. Right. And he's like, the exchange is he wants to be everlastingly put into the matrix. So he's like, in exchange for me betraying my friends, I want to be put into the matrix. Right. And then they're like, they're sitting there at like a steak dinner and he's eating the steak. And he's like, you know what? Even though I know that this steak isn't real and it's just like, you know, neurons firing my brain and electrical impulses being sent to tell me that it tastes juicy and all this kind of stuff. I don't really care. It just tastes so good. And he's like, ignorance is bliss. There's like that one scene. Right. So there's like, I think there are people who would opt for that, which is like why it makes it such a fascinating conversation of like, would you, would you opt for willful ignorance if it was like calm and peaceful and comfortable and familiar? Or would you opt for the real world if it's a hellscape basically and you never know what's going to happen, well, but maybe, you're free. Right. Maybe that's what Keefe Weefy <clears throat> is saying. It, you know, if we have the perception of free will, what key differences would there be to believing in a simulation versus just accepting choices and consequences, like a butterfly effect? Hmm. I mean, it kind of goes off what you just said about the whole, I know this is fake, but I'm okay with it being fake. Yeah. And I think I mentioned something too. There was a, and you're not, you're gonna have to read me that again here in a second, but, um, there's that I told I told you I'm a big fan of Westworld on HBO. Yeah. And there I don't know if I told you this or if I was telling Taya this the other day. I don't know. Anyway, there's this moment where like the guy arrives at the park. Like Westworld is this park where the you, you can pay as a guest to go in there and interact with these robots and like what makes it so thrilling is these robots are sentient and they act like real humans, but they're not real. So you can like shoot them and stuff and right. not, not have any guilt. And he's like there's this woman who meets him as he gets off the train and he's going through and they're like, you can pick out your outfit and all your accessories and all this kind of stuff, like whatever character you want to be in this world. 
And then there's this moment where he like suddenly realizes he's talking to one of the hosts or whatever they like. That's what they call the robots. They call them hosts. Right. And he's like, wait a second, you're not real. And she says something to the effect of like, if you can't tell, does it really matter? And I've always found that to be like a very fascinating concept of like, if you can, that goes back to the Turing test. If you can't tell that you're talking to a computer versus a person, does it matter if it's a computer or a person? You know what I mean? That thing that you're talking to is conscious and sentient. Whatever it is, it's conscious. I think, well, I, I won't dive back into the whole emotion thing, but I think it does matter in in a way. I mean, you ever called for tech support and you get like the, you know, press one and, and you go through like all of this and they were like, yes. okay, please type in your uh, your social. And then they're like, yeah. please type in. And, and they're and like, then you end up screaming at your phone like, speak to a representative. Right. And, yeah. then, and then it gets there and they go, all representatives are busy at the moment. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I'll just use this as an example actually because it's for my work. They're like, if you need to reset your network password, you know, hit two. So I hit two and then it goes, you know, please enter your um, employee ID, enter my employee ID. And then it goes, please enter, you know, some more information. So I enter the information and it goes, we cannot help you further. Please contact customer support. And I'm like, so what's the point in having an option? So why did I do this? Like I'm talking to a, you know, the AI, the computer that is understanding what I'm saying because it only gives me binary options more Mm -hmm. or less. Like, yes, no, this is what I want to do. Yeah. But it's not understanding what I'm trying to do because it can't comprehend the fact that it's giving me an option to do this, but it can't do option two. Yeah. Or like it can't really answer any questions outside of those set parameters. So so instead of helping me establish option two and, and, you know, Finish it. You go. I just wasted ten minutes of your fucking life. Yeah. Now you're gonna have to talk. Now to a go human talk anyway. to a human, yeah. and you're gonna be on hold for thirty minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why? Like, why? This should be something as easy as getting it done through the the voice service. So I think it does matter if if I know I'm talking to a computer or a living feeling being. Because. But my my point is, and I, I see what you're saying. But my point is, let's say that that little tech support thing that you were trying to interact with was you couldn't tell the difference between talking to that thing and messaging it back and forth than if you were messaging me back and forth. Well, that'd be easy because you never messaged me back. So I do too I, I, message I get, I get you get back. The, I get the same messages back. It'd just be like, the party you were connected with is no longer available. And I'd be like, I messaged you back, you motherfucker. Um, for the sake of the show, man. But like, if you if you couldn't tell, like if it just sounded to you like a human, then <clears throat> then what then does it, it matter? Then if it would it's all a depend, computer or if it's a human. Then it would all depend on what I'm talking to it for. If I'm talking to it for a dinner like, order, he, here's here's a question. Here's a question. Maybe to rephrase it. What if at some point in the next like two minutes, it was revealed to you that I was a robot? Then I would be like, okay, how would that make you feel? Would you feel any differently about me knowing that I'm not a person? Yeah, I would go, I always knew his beard was fake. <laughs> I would just start shitting all over you because I'd be like, he's not going to do anything about me now. I mean, well, but see, that's the thing. Like, like I knew that beard had to be augmented <laughs> somehow. You just start pulling on it and like comes out in clumps. I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> no, I think it goes back to that emotional thing of. I don't think a robot could sit there and laugh with me at something that 
you know, maybe we find is really funny, but you know, that, again, that's where it comes back to. I don't think you can program emotions into an AI because. Okay. 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 What what we like that joke I told you before the show is really fucked up. Yes. But we both laughed because it has that comedic feeling. A computer would sit there and go, that's really fucking deep and dark into history that I know all about that you guys don't know some stuff about. I can't laugh at that. And I go, that's how you have no emotion. <laughs> okay, here's... here's so don't go to the Here's the thing. I, I get what you're saying, and I totally understand where you're coming from, but I think you need to suspend your disbelief for just a little bit. No, I'm and a just, non-believer. Just assume that an artificial intelligence does have that emotional intelligence. So in that scenario that I just put forth, if it was revealed, if like my overlords walked in and were like, Matt, we have something to tell you. This thing sitting across from you is not a human being. It's actually a machine we built a couple years ago to emulate. I would ask how they got in my house. This friend <laughs> that you think you have, whose name is Zach. Would it make you feel any differently about me knowing that I'm a robot versus a human? Or would you just be like, I kind of like hanging out with this thing no matter what. Whether it's a robot or not, I guess I don't really give a fuck. You know, I was I having mean, a good time hanging out with this this being. I mean, I'd probably be indifferent. I'd be like, oh, you're just a lying asshole. Like, like probably after the shock factor. I, I'm just thinking, like, if it was me, after the shock factor, I'd be like, this is really fucking cool. Like, I'm talking to another form of life. You know what right. I mean? I think it'd be cool, but... Dude, I'm stuck on the emotion part because like, I know you're getting like, really hung well, up on so, that. So, like, if you were if you were an AI and and they just came in and they're like, you can't say it. Like, if you say something, we have a chip in you that just you're dead. And I'm like, all right, sick. Let's try that out. I would be like, I'm not emotionally connected to you in like a you know that kind of way. Like, we're good friends, obviously. But yeah, I would sit here and be like, all right, well, I got a fake friend, but if he's smart as fuck, I can just use him. But if he's that smart, he's going to know I'm using him. So now he's going to start lying to me. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Then you have to, you have to basically just treat me like another human who would be trying to manipulate. Yeah, but you're a robot, dude. I would start doing stuff to you that people would be like, why are you holding a lighter to his elbow? I'm like, see how he's not moving? It's weird. It's like it's, it's, like it's just dripping off of him. It's crazy. And all of a sudden, he's like a spark. I was like, yeah, I turned my pain sensors down. Do whatever you want. Like, oh, you like had, I have you replacement parts. You had nerve endings installed <laughs> yeah. when they created you? Yes, like, dude. And then I'd be like, oh, so back when we were on the fucking playground in like fourth grade, <laughs> you were a fucking midget or like <laughs> like a, a, a baby, you know, in the midget sports. Like the, <laughs> And I'm not saying that is like a, a little person's term. I'm saying that it's like the midgets, like the six-year-olds. Yeah, no, but like a like a small robot. Right, so the grew. robots were like, ha, fuck all the other six-year-olds. We're going to make this giant-ass six-year-old, <laughs> and then we're just going to keep growing. I mean, think about it. You were huge when we were kids, right? I really was. So so in that sense, I'd be sitting there going, well, what the fuck? Like, what am, what am I then? They're like, oh, you're just normal. I'd be like, well, go figure, right? I don't have hair. I can't grow a beard. Would it make you, know? you feel better? No. <laughs> Because I'd sit there and be like, well, this is a bunch of bullshit. This dude's gifted. No wonder he had fusion surgery. They had to fucking fix a fuse. I would just be sitting there. That's, quest- what, it, that's what it actually was. I was just like, yeah. It's like taking your car into the shop. I had to go get an oil yeah, change or it something. It expired. Yeah. You ran, some out of my parts. You, ran a, you ran out of mileage. Yeah, some of my parts were. My warranty your warranty expired. expired. <laughs> no, I mean. Oh, man. Like, yeah, if they came in, I'd be like, all right, well, I got to get the heebie-jeebies out of the way. Yeah. But then I'd be like, all right, dude, if this is true and, like, no one ever knows, I'm like, I'm signing you up for MMA. I'm going to use you to make money <laughs> off. Like, you're just going to use, like, this robotic fist to just <laughs> beat the shit out of people. 
if you feel pain, I don't really care because they can fix you in a shop. They can't fix me if, you know, if I shatter my femur in 48 places and, like, we have to amputate your leg, they just put a new leg on you. Yeah, they got a bunch at the factory. I got Yeah, so I, got I, would, I would just be like, okay, this is really creepy. Like, it, it would be a weird shock factor. I probably wouldn't be able to see you for, like, a while until <laughs> I came to terms. Or I'd be like, I need you to prove it to me. Like, yeah, I need you to do something that is not humanly possible do something that I can't do, right? I, w- yeah. I would need some sort of proof that that's like, you know, out of this world. You know, it's... It, well, what it would, would be a good be, test for that, you think, to prove that you're a robot? I would be like, go pick my truck up. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, just go to the back of my truck and lift it up with one hand. Yeah, because there's like incredible feats of strength. Or I was thinking like, you know, the Terminator 2 one where he's trying to tell, he's like, show them. And Arnold like cuts that thing around his forearm and like peels off oh, yeah. all or, the, yeah, all the you skin could show on his me. forearm and it's like this animatronic hand. And they like fucking lose their shit. Or you could be like, go, go, gadget, what was the extendable arm? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, whatever, and just and all of a sudden your arm's like flying through my house. Like I'd be like, That's sick. <laughs> I'm gonna be at a bar now with you, and I'm just gonna be like, Go, go, gadget arm, and all of a sudden your arm's gonna go through the bar. Or I just pull out like a little USB from the tip of my finger and like plug it into your computer and just like download all the information from your computer. I'd be like, all right, take, take the jacket off. I need to see arms. I need to see, <laughs> I need to see other things, but I mean, yeah, I would have to see some sort of proof probably. In, and I'm the kind of person that I'm not like, if you, you know, you show me a little wire in your arm, I'd be like, okay, now show me a wire in your leg. And I'm going to point to where I want to see the wire so that I can, you know, get, okay. It's not like you knew I was. I love how you're a very them. you're a very like dubious person. You're very skeptical. I feel like I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know. This if whole I'm time, very I'm, 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 I'm always like willing to like suspend my disbelief with these like fun little thought experiments. And you're like, yeah, but fucking robots don't have emotions, dude. Get the fuck out of well, here. I, I like <laughs> to take it further than the thought experiment. I mean, like if if we want to go back to our fictional universe, that would be great. Like if we're both robots or whatever. Like one of us is a robot, you know. But then I would also sit there and go, man, that other person's got to be really lonely that they can't make actual human friends or they have a fucking robot friend. So, like, I take myself out of this fictional world sometimes because I'm like, you know, these are theories that people actually believe in. Oh, yeah. That, that people, like... Well, I think that's what know, makes this one... Devote their lives yeah, to. Yeah, so fun to talk about, or maybe not fun is the right word, but interesting to talk about is this Rocco's Basilisk idea is something that, like, people, like, fully buy into. And it, like severely hampers people's mental health, which, you know, I, I really wish that wasn't the case for those people, but it's like, you know, some people can get really bogged down in this stuff. Would we got another question? We, we, well, we have another statement. Yeah. Okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Should we wrap up the recording and then answer some questions in this, in the stream? Yeah. We'll go ahead and do that. You think we've exhausted? I think we've, I mean, I think we can touch on this again. We can do like a part two at some point because I like to, I like to, go about this as how I would normally go about, like just my real world. I don't care to do the fantasy because like I said, this is, these are theories that people like, you know, base their life around Mm -hmm. some, some of them do. And so I would rather go about it of do what I ever believe in that knowing me. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's where my opinions come from is sitting here knowing that people believe in this. Then, I just want to say my opinion on it. I'm not saying their opinion is wrong, but how I feel about it is not the same, obviously, how you feel about yeah. it. Or if it is, you like doing more of the fictional universe type you know, discussion about, yeah, this would be great. I think I just, like, yeah. I just like playing it through. Because I think I'm, I'm actually a very skeptical person by nature as well. But I think with these thought experiments, I just kind of go in with the idea of like, 
I accept the fact that this is not reality, but what if it was? And let's just play with that. So, so I think a better thought experiment then would be not basing a thought experiment about around a theory that we're like kind of discussing that people are like. Well, that's what these things are. I mean, well, right, the, but theories I'm, are thought experiments. Right, basically. but I'm saying for, for like an episode idea, instead of coming in with a theory, we just come in with a thought experiment. So it's just like okay. an experiment. So it's not getting me into my, you know, <laughs> my philosophical brain going, well, Plato had this written in like 30 BC, so it's good a possibility. But I think like having thought experiments without a theory would be even more fun because then I don't sit and go. But aren't those just like hypothetical situations then? Yeah, but that makes it even better because then we can really get <laughs> I mean, we could definitely do that. I love hypothetical situations, but. I mean, these are all hypothetical situations because yeah. none of them have Well, I, I think the key difference is just that like a hypothetical situation is like, I'm going to put you in this fucked up scenario or this difficult to decide scenario totally of my own imagination whereas like a thought experiment or a theory is like 99% of the time rooted in some sort of base science or technology or whatever you know what I mean right because that's kind of where the quantum mechanics many worlds theory thing comes from that's where this simulation theory thing comes from again I think we should kind of like I would like to go do some more research on this and come back and maybe revisit this in the future because I don't know enough about the building blocks of the science of this belief like I did with the quantum mechanics many worlds theory thing like I can I can make that leap from like okay here's their building blocks of the quantum level physics that is actual science and then right. here's where they're leaping to for this thought experiment whereas like simulation theory i'm like i mean it's all kind of just predicated on like we're assuming we're going to get to a supercomputer at some point which like it's not here yet so it's a little bit tough to i don't know it's, how they're exactly harder. leaping from that to everything's a simulation right it's, it's but again to, maybe it's just me i don't i don't know enough no, about like I, where the, all this comes from you i know think it's I mean? harder to put into theory something that is like we don't know if this exists yet in terms of or if it will exist in 50 or 500 years. Yeah, like we don't know when this is coming. I think it's easier to believe in the many worlds theory type discussion because it's not necessarily like a, we're building something. It's does this exist, you know, just to the left of where we're currently Here's this stuff that we know is here. What's maybe next to it that we just can't see. Right. So that's where I can get more into those theories and be like, well, I do believe, you know, in certain things like that. But something where humans create something until we create it, the theory of what it can and can't do, that's where I'm like super skeptical. Yeah. It's just that. It's just all theory. Yeah. But. Okay. So I think with that, um, we should wrap this up and then we do have some. Um, some thoughts and questions and comments coming in in the stream. So yes. I think we might hop out of this because I think if we just keep going in the recording, this might get even longer than it already is. And we've yes. already gone an hour and 25. So um, anyway, thank you to everyone who has listened this far. We really appreciate it. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed this discussion as much as we have. Um, do some Googling on Rocco's Basilisk and simulation theory. And you know if you find this stuff as interesting as I do, then hopefully it'll make for some really good reading. And if you come up with some interesting additions to this conversation, then please reach out to us on any of the social channels. And um, feel free to swing by on our Twitch live yes. stream where we're currently, you know, airing this live. Yeah. You can chat with us. And that's where we're getting um, some of these questions in. For, know, for those of you who are listening to the recording. We, we do a little bit of chatting before we do the recording and yeah. afterwards. So feel free to scoop in, drop your opinions, your thoughts. We'll definitely discuss anything with you. Um, 
just another avenue to you know actually talk with us in person. Yeah, um, yeah, kind and, of real time quickly interaction. And, um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in, and hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Yeah, hopefully. So I think again, the the best place probably to start is the Podbean page for just browsing podcast, and then from there we have links and info on the Facebook page, the Instagram, the Twitter, the email, all that kind of stuff. So go yep. there first. Podbean.com is it? I think it's just podbean.com slash just, just browsing, browsing or something, right? Yep. So I mean, you could probably just you literally just go, go the there and then search. And type in just yeah. browsing, and you'll and, know. and you'll find us. So um, yeah, start there and um, reach out. We would love to hear from you. Um, what's working about this? What's not working? What stuff you found interesting? What you didn't? And you know, anything you want to add to these discussions would be great. So yep. um, yeah. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we will talk to you uh, next week or the week after. Yep. Goodbye.